The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GinJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Just got back home from Jags OTAs, day four of Jaguars OTAs. It was the second OTA that was available to the media. Uh, I wasn't able to go last week. I was out for the count. Uh, but today, it was a good one. Got some big plays in on both sides of the ball. Had a little weather, so we had to shift from the uh, field there at, on TIAA Bank Field into the flex field. Got inside, away from the rain, away from the... Um, I guess lightning strikes that were going on in the area uh, didn't really interrupt practice too much. Jags were really quick about switching fields. So you like to see that we're going to get into my top takeaways from the practice session and from Doug Peterson's comments to the media prior to practice. If you enjoy the content, please like, and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, really appreciate y'all support. We really couldn't do this without you guys getting on there, subscribing. Uh, if you really enjoy what we're doing here, you can go ahead and hit the notification bell as well. Get notified every time we're on. Carl says, I heard Chenault had a good day. We'll talk about LaVisca Chenault and a whole lot more. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Dustin, first one catching live. Glad to have you here, Dustin. Appreciate it, man. So top takeaways, before we jump into what I saw on the field, I just want to remind everyone, this is a full speed practice, but there is no contact. They are not wearing pads. So while guys are moving at full speed, you're not getting the same contact. So judging offensive line is more difficult, judging defensive line, because those guys, they really, their game is predicated on physicality, on contact. And when you're uh, not able to hit each other, you, you just don't see that from the defensive line and the offensive line. You can still take little things away here and there. But uh, training camp is going to be a much better gauge uh, training camp in preseason for these big boys, for the offensive and defensive linemen. 
Crater says, hey, Jordan, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you as well. Billy says, hopefully the Jaguars are finally improving this year. Yeah, hopefully. 2017 seems like a distant memory, I'm sure. All right, so we got to start with Trevor Lawrence. Jaguars quarterback, everybody knows, first overall pick in 2021. Had some struggles, you know, bad coaching situation. Receivers weren't getting the job done. Offensive line struggled at times. Defense struggled to keep points off the board quite a bit. We all know what happened with Trevor last year. Um, Today, I believe I charted his passes and team drills, which is 11 on 11 and 7 on 7. What did we have? I had him at 11 of 16. So, you know, pretty average there. Nothing glaring that was uh, horrific. He looked pretty comfortable back there. Um, He found Christian Kirk rolling out to his left. Uh, Kirk had to do a little toe drag swag to get the ball down, get his feet down. I don't know. I didn't. I don't have instant replay out there at practice. I don't know if he got, got both feet down, but it was a heck of an effort, a heck of a throw by Trevor. You kind of saw some potential there with what you could see on Sundays this fall between Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk and some of the amazing plays Christian Kirk can make. He's just so smooth and fluid uh, in his routes uh, with his hands. He reminds me a lot of Brandon Cook's a little younger Brandon Cooks. Cooks might have been a little more explosive, but I think you can look at him and and project that type of player. And that's he's he's been that, you know, for the Cardinals over the last few years. So I think Christian Kirk, very exciting. Uh, His connection with Trevor Lawrence, it's going to pay big dividends for this team, in my opinion, this fall. But Trevor, um, fairly accurate. I think he had one ball that he'd really like back. It's kind of a corner shot to Dan Arnold coming across the field there, uh, deep down the field, probably 30 yards down, 25, 30 yards down the field. Just had a little too much on it for Dan Arnold to get under it and catch it. But uh, other than that, I think Trevor looks sharp. Uh, No real glaring issues on his part. And, of course, this is a defense in in camp, uh, in OTAs, in minicamp, in training camp. They're not going to be vanilla. They're going to throw stuff at Trevor. They're going to blitz from different uh, positions. They're they're going to make it difficult. It's what I'm trying to tell you for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I was actually just listening to the athletic football show, which I highly recommend for people that are really into X's and O's and beyond just like watching ESPN and some of these other talk shows where they're not really diving too deep. But Nate Tice... And um, and uh, Schwartz, the former offensive tackle for the Chiefs, uh, they were on there. Schwartz was talking about how when he played for the Cleveland Browns, um, Mike Pettin was the defensive coordinator. And Pettin is a, is a coordinator who he runs a lot of that exotic stuff. And this goes for like the Ryan brothers and some of the other people uh, out there, coaches out there that kind of run a lot of exotic blitzes, crazy fronts and different things like that. It can actually make it more difficult for your offense uh, in terms of they're not, if you're not running any base looks throughout these practices, you're not trying to give some vanilla stuff. When you go up against a defense, that's like 
a Gus Bradley defense later in the season. The Jaguars will do that twice. You know, a defense that's more about uh, just having your four defensive linemen get the job done against the offensive line. Uh, it's not really exotic. It can be difficult for your offense to adjust to that type of defense if you didn't see that in practice at all. So my point in this is I'm, I'm hoping that Mike Caldwell um, and, and the rest of this defensive staff will realize that you do need to give them some looks that are more like base, not blitzes, just kind of straightforward looks. Because if you're only used to going against blitzes and exotic fronts in practice, it's going to be difficult for you to adjust uh, to seeing something that you're not familiar with in its entirety. So that's just a little tidbit there. I think it was a really good point and kind of topical from um, Mitchell Swartz talking about you want to give your offense more than just the exotic stuff when you're a defensive coordinator in practice. Um, so Trevor, you know, fine day, no big deal. Uh, not a crazy impressive day. No, no huge passes down the field or anything like that, but steady as he goes and it's an OTA again, no pads. It's early. So I think he looked fine. Nothing Nothing really to report negatively or positively from Trevor Lawrence. Outside of that, he did have a great pass to Christian Kirk uh, down the left side, rolling out to his left. I think Kirk got his feet down, but it was hard to tell. Starting safeties is a topic I want to talk about. Um, some people still seem to think that Andrew Wingard has a shot in the starting lineup. I don't think that's the case at all, folks. Uh, Andre Sisco and Rayshon Jenkins are the two guys that Doug Peterson brought up to the to the media earlier, and he's those are going to be the two starters, I believe. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious at this point when you're asked about your safety group and your cornerback group, and you start talking about the starters. He talked about um, Andre Sisco and Rayshon Jenkins, so I think that that's going to be your two starters in all likelihood. And, and what you've seen in practice, that's what you're seeing. Uh, what you've heard from Doug Peterson, that's what you're seeing. Uh, the money points you to Rayshon Jenkins, right? Jaguars are paying him $8 million a year. The draft capital and the play on the field last year and the play from his uh, collegiate days at Syracuse points you to Andre Sisco. He can be a big-time ball hawk in this defense. So I would stop worrying about Andrew Wingard. I would stop worrying about, you know, maybe Andre Sisco not being in the starting lineup. He's going to be in the starting lineup. So I'm, I'm, I didn't think that this was a coaching staff that would want to insert an Andrew Wingard into the starting lineup over Andre Cisco, but hearing it from Doug Peterson, seeing it on the practice field, that's positive in my opinion. Um, Cam Robinson, he has not reported to OTAs yet, and these are voluntary. I don't think I've mentioned that. You don't have to be here according to the current collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA, but uh, you go, you sign this pretty damn big contract for an offensive tackle who's been, you know, in my mind, slightly above average over the last couple of years. Go get paid a big, big fat paycheck and and you don't show up for voluntary OTAs when you've got at least 95% of the team there. Cam Robinson needs to be a leader of your offensive line of your offense with that with that deal uh, playing left tackle. Uh, he's not there and 
I don't think this is a huge deal. You know, hopefully he'll be there over the next few days. He'll get back in and report and there will be no issues. But would you like him out there? You're installing a new offense. You're trying to get things going. Do you want Cam Robinson there? Yeah, you do. Um, minicamp is coming up in the middle of June. Mandatory minicamp. So obviously you would expect him to be in Jacksonville prior to that. We'll see. Jack Zare says, good afternoon. I heard Visca had a good day. Everyone's talking about Visca. Robert Moore said, hit that like button. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Like, subscribe, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. Really appreciate you guys listening and watching. Crater says, heard it was a travel issue for him and Shaq. No. Well, Shaq, yes. So Shaquille Griffin was not at practice today. Um, and I b- do believe that was a travel issue. But Cam Robinson, he wasn't at, at camp the week before. Uh, he hasn't been there at OTAs. So I say camp. I don't mean camp. It is voluntary organized team activities. Cam Robinson hasn't shown up yet. Hopefully he will. You know, for the Jaguars, you want your starting left tackle, a guy who should be a team leader out there. Um, so we'll see about it. Visca. Everyone's talking about it. I was talking about it on Twitter there. Follow me at Jordan DeLugo if you want live updates from OTAs and minicamp as we move forward and, of course, training camp. Visca was getting in a ton of work today. Punt return work. Doug Peterson approached him a couple weeks ago about, you know, have you done that before? Would you like to try to do that? Visca was all over it, embraced the opportunity. And now he's one of many that are getting reps as a kick or punt returner while you're waiting on Jamal Agnew to come back from his injury. And speaking of Jamal Agnew, he is practicing um, off to the side uh, with a weighted uh, jacket on. And he looked really smooth uh, running routes, catching passes. He looks healthy. I'm not a doctor, right? I'm not a trainer. But to me, the way he was running around, uh, again, running routes, catching passes, he looked good to go. So I think that's a guy you should probably feel confident in being ready for at some point in training camp, I would really think, with, uh, with Jamal Agnew. And you want him back because, again, one of the best – punt returner, kick returner, special teams guys in the NFL. And he came out and was a major surprise as a receiver last year. He is a natural route runner with good hands, good spatial awareness, just has good ball skills at the catch point. He's a guy who you really want back, absolutely. And when you when you add him to a mix that includes LaVisca Chenault, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones. You've got a nice core there. You might not have that big time wide receiver one, but you got some guys you can feel confident in there. Uh, but getting back to Visca, he was taking some return reps. So that is another way for him to add value to the team uh, while they wait on Jamal Agnew. And he also, I think, was the busiest receiver in the team drills today. I think he caught four passes in team drills, uh, one from Trevor couple from C.J. Beathard and maybe one from Luton, but he was very active. Uh, he caught a nice ball down the sideline where, you know, he's running his route, running his route. Looks like maybe the ball is going to sneak up on him, but he gets that head whipped around, gets his hands out there, 
and makes the catch down the sideline, uh, probably 25, 30 yard throw there. It, it was impressive. Carson says, sit ETN in the preseason, can't afford another injury. Okay, you're going to sit everyone? I mean, I get the sentiment, right? You want to be careful with these guys. But every time you step out on the field, whether it's practice, preseason, um, you know, joint practices, regular season game, there's a risk, obviously. There's a big risk every time you get out on that field. I don't think you can just sit everyone in preseason. Jack Sarah says at least Little gets more reps in Cam's absence. And did Jawan Taylor get some cross training at left tackle? That was going to be a point I was going to bring up here. Um, yeah. So Walker Little getting more reps at left tackle with, with the ones. Jawan Taylor, he is playing on both sides of the offensive line, kind of cross training there. To me, what that indicates is I think Walker Little is going to be your starting right tackle and you're needing to get Jawan Taylor prepared to be a swing tackle. That will be your primary backup at both spots uh, at left tackle and right tackle. That's what that indicates to me is that's the direction they're leaning in. And that's exactly how I expected it to play out. I don't think in a straight up competition between Walker Little and Jawan Taylor, that Taylor would fare well in that competition. So getting him ready to play, uh, swing tackle for you, I think makes a ton of sense. Carson says he plays running back. This is Travis Etienne. I think it's a little different. Talk about minimizing risk a bit by him not playing in meaningless games. Again, everyone you could say that about. I don't think he should play a ton in the preseason. I'm with you. I don't think any of your um, headliners should really play all that much in preseason. But you're just going to sit him for the entire preseason? I'm not sure about that. So talked about Visca getting in a ton of work, uh, and I mentioned he had four catches during team drills. No drops. You know, uh, I think he is a guy, if you want to talk about what he can do for this team, I think it's going to be as the fourth receiver, at least to start the season, because Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones, they're obviously the one and the two. Um, and then Zay Jones, he's being paid to be the third guy. Eight million a year. I don't think you put $8 million a year on the bench. You don't bring him in here to ride the bench. And while I think Visca has a lot more upside, a lot more to give you in terms of as an offensive weapon, Zay Jones does do the little things really well. Great blocker, runs the right routes, no question about it. He's, he's where he is supposed to be. He catches all the easy ones. So... We'll see about that. Crater says Caldwell's using Cisco and Little as starters instead of bench warmers. Well, Caldwell does not get to make the calls on Walker Little, as Ryan has pointed out. But, yes, it, it's positive to see the guys who have big-time draft capital, who have talent, clear talent, getting into the starting lineup. Certainly. Trayvon Walker, speaking of high draft picks and guys that have talent, uh, there was one play where <laughs> he was just screaming into the backfield on a Nathan Cottrell. Uh, it was either a little pitch or a screen, but if that was live, if <laughs> if Trayvon Walker was allowed to hit that man, it would not have been pretty for Cottrell. 
Gerald asks, could I go over the kicking game? Who's going to kick field goals? I think it's going to be Andrew Mevis. He's the rookie out of Iowa State. They didn't really actually do any kicking today, um, at least not in the team portion. They did line up to to run um, the field goal team onto the field, uh, but they just did a simulated kick. Mevis didn't actually kick it, but he was the one that was out there. So in my mind, to me, that looks like he probably has the upper leg, should I say? I'm sorry, I'll walk myself out. <laughs> But I think it will be the rookie out of Iowa State. I do. Carson says, as someone who wanted Hutch, I'm still really getting excited about Walker. Absolutely, you should be. Um, And like I said, Walker, he screamed into the backfield on a play. um, Just in space, he was going to just demolish Nathan Cottrell. Um, Lined up against Jawan Taylor. Saw Trayvon win that battle pretty quickly. Again, no contact, but it looked like he had the clear advantage there against Jawan Taylor, which you would hope he would have the advantage against Jawan Taylor. I will say the Jaguars have specifically said they are going to take it slow with Trayvon Walker. He's going to be outside linebacker exclusive to start his young career. And then as he gets more comfortable there, they're going to uh, put more on his plate. I think they're starting to put more on his plate. I will say that. I saw him with his hands in the dirt today. Three, four outside linebackers do not play with their hands in the dirt in base. So what does that tell you? Jack Sayre said, how did the team look overall, team speed, et cetera? I think they look bigger and faster and stronger. You look at guys like Zay Jones. He's big, strong, fast. Trayvon Walker, big, strong, fast. Devin Lloyd, big, strong, fast. And David Lloyd, in coverage today, uh, he was able to tip a Trevor Lawrence pass, kind of just dropping back into his zone, uh, was able to get his hands on the football. I think that's something you're going to see a lot. I also saw Devin Lloyd lined up at the line of scrimmage in base. So you saw him do that a lot at Utah, you know, actually rush the passer off the edge, not blitz, rush the passer. You're going to see him do that. All right, so we've got some people talking about nickel. And just to be clear, I'm not really allowed to talk about who's first team and who's not first team right now, but some of the context I will talk about here should give you indications of what what that means. So people are talking about who's first team nickel, who's going to be the nickel, is Darius Williams the nickel? I really believe what they're going to do and what they should do with their corners because you have three that you really like, but all three of them really have played more on the outside than versus that nickel throughout their careers and Darius Williams, Tyson Campbell, and Shaquille Griffin. Um, what are you going to do with those three guys? I think it needs to be matchup-based. If you're playing a team like the Titans or the Colts who's just running the ball at you, running the ball at you, running the ball at you, who do you feel more comfortable with you know, playing the run from the nickel position. Uh, If you're looking at a team that's just airing the ball out deep down the field consistently, you know, how do you feel about that? Are you playing a team that has slot receivers that are diminutive, quick speedsters? Or are you playing a team that has a jumbo slot, like an Evan Ingram, like a 
a Michael Pittman. So all those different things I think are going to factor in to who you want at nickel. Um, and I think it's just going to be hopefully situational based. That's I think the best path forward. Um, I think if, if you're looking at a team that just wants to air it out, probably Darius Williams um, or Shaquille Griffin make the most sense at nickel. If you're talking about a team that's just trying to ground and pound you, probably Tyson Campbell and Shaquille Griffin. I don't think Darius will hold up very well against these big physical teams that just want to pound the rock at you. I think he would uh, probably fit better on the outside against a team like that. Ryan J says for run stopping, Tyson should be the nickel corner. Right. I agree with that. Or Shaquille Griffin. I think Shaquille Griffin, he's not as physically imposing as Tyson Campbell, not as long, but I think he gives great effort against the run as well. Carson, how much do you foresee Muma on the field? To be honest with you, um, I right now he's their third linebacker, third off-ball linebacker. Uh, their money backer is what they've said. I think that by season's end, you will see him on the field if he's healthy, probably over 500 snaps, which is starting reps, but not on the field for every play, essentially. Jack Sayer says, you mentioned on Twitter that a bunch of players stayed after practice. Who are some of those names? I honestly could not even see all of them. I would say like a good 40 to 50% of the team was still out there after practice. So that tells you a lot, I think. The one guy I immediately saw, and then there were several others that were doing it as well. Travis Etienne was trying to catch those tennis balls. They have like a little machine that launches the tennis balls coming at you really fast. And, and you know, that helps you with your eye, hand-eye coordination. And, and if you're able to catch tennis balls like that, it's a lot easier to catch the football. And I want I, to – I don't know if Devin Lloyd was one of them. I want to say he probably was because that's in his nature, obviously. And you've heard him doing that already. But I, I didn't see him personally. But again, there was a lot of guys out there after practice, I think 40 to 50% of the team. Um, so when you look at some of the other standout moments, Greg Jr., who's the six-round pick out of Washita. He made a big play on the ball uh, against – it was either against C.J. Beathard or Jake Luton, kind of in the flat. Should have had a pick, but he wasn't able to haul it in. Um, and then Xavier Crawford, who came over from Chicago, he's probably going to be more of a special teamer than a, a guy who you get out on the field as a corner and in in-game situations, you know, if if you're healthy but he was able to go pick off a C.J. Beathard pass. Beathard probably shouldn't have thrown that ball, but a good sign from Crawford, who the team brought over this year from Chicago. James Robinson was uh, out there today. He was not practicing. He's not dressed or at all. Any, like He's not in his practice uniform, but he was there. He was off to the side. Um, he's still recovering from his Achilles injury. And the one note, today was there's no brace on his leg as he's walking around. So now we've got some spam here in the chat, unfortunately. <laughs> but James Robinson, hopefully the fact that there's no brace on the leg, you're going to get him back. 
hopefully at some point in training camp. Last little note here. I thought EJ Perry, the undrafted free agent, the Jaguars kind of prioritized bringing in here uh, quarterback. I thought he can throw the ball pretty damn well Uh, for an undrafted guy. He can really spin it a little bit, get some RPMs on that football. Jack Sarah said, were drops an issue today? No, drops were not an issue. Not one bit, really. I think you saw, let's look through my notes here. There might have been, Trey Herndon got a nice PBU. I can't remember who it was against, but, and again, that's not a drop. Herndon just got his hands in there and, and was able to create the pass breakup. But no, I don't think drops were an issue at all answer your question there but yeah i think that's going to do it for today appreciate everyone for tuning in thank you so much duval you can hit me up on twitter at jordan delugo if you've got anything else follow generation jaguar at generation jag make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on youtube check genjag.com for all the latest jaguars news analysis and duval gear y'all have a good one What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.